And would you look at that? That is intro music you just heard, which means we have arrived at another wonderful, well, I think it's wonderful. Do you think it's wonderful? Episode of Weekly Games Chat. Uh, Of course, you may or may not know my name. My name is Sean. It's very nice to talk to you. Uh, if we've if if we've, if I've talked to you before, hi. If you're new to the show, hello. Um, but it's not just me. It never is. Well, except for that one time. Remember that? I do. Uh, and you hear his giggle. I'm ecstatic to welcome back the better uh, part of this show. By all means, um, I shall shut up so he can say hello. John, welcome back, buddy. Greetings, Sean. Greetings, Chris. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I have been hiding in a basement for two weeks. That's where I've been. Yeah. Now you know. But I, I did warn the people to not put their uh, tinfoil hats on with conspiracies and whatnot. Yeah. I told you John was here or okay. He'd be back and here he is. And of course, our boy, uh, you you know him in Discord as WGC Chris. I just know him as Chris. Chris. What's up? How you doing, buddy? Roll Tide. Roll Tide for sure. Is that where we're going to... All right, so if this is your first time listening for about the next 15 to 20 or so, we just do kind of like we call a hangout, a catch-up. Uh, we we just kind of talk about current affairs or things we just kind of want to talk about. Uh, and then we're going to go into our topic, which is a big surprise for you guys this week. Uh, but yeah, Chris started it off with a Roll Tide. That would be 14 in a row against Tennessee. Uh, if you noticed... Last week and all the other times, I really don't talk about that, but I really enjoy beating or being a fan of a team, Alabama, that beats Tennessee. <laughs> it's, so it's now like, I laugh. I live Hi, in Tennessee. I live in two opposite worlds because it's like Tennessee, Alabama used to be very close rivalry, right? And Dallas and Washington and the NFL used to be. And then it's like for the last 20 years, Dallas has just dominated Washington. Alabama's dominated uh, Tennessee. But, of course, my Washington team at least uh, got some respect this week. So, I got yeah. double respect. Uh, so, the college football landscape, uh, welcome back the Big Ten football teams this past weekend. So, if you've been listening to uh, us every week talk about our favorite team or teams and you're like, well, mine's, mine's is not even playing – well, they are now. Um, the Ohio State Buckeyes look good, Chris. So shout out yeah. to people in and around the Ohio area. Um, uh, fun fact, I think if if my family didn't end up down where we are now, mm-hmm. we are from the Ohio Valley, so I probably would have been a Buckeyes fan. How weird is that? Or a Michigan fan, right? Or, yeah, I don't know. I, I never, I've never liked the University of Michigan except when they had the Fab Five or whatever they were. Fab Timeout. Oh. Yeah, uh, I guess for the Big Tens out there, uh, rest in peace to Penn State. And uh, I guess it looks like now rest in peace to Wisconsin's Uh, offense. So, sorry, uh, guys. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. You you never know how this college football season is going to play out. True. Uh, I got to be honest with you. I'm a fan of eliminating the cupcakes, if you will, from the schedules and simply playing each other within the conference and maybe scheduling one or two games of other big games. Yeah. It would be nice. Like if, uh, you know, for obviously you still want to have like Clemson play South Carolina and Georgia tech play Georgia. Those would have been nice to have this year, but I would be totally fine going forward where it's like, 
we just go down to say 12 game seasons and maybe we all have a big opponent in week one that's with a conference and then maybe like we all agree in week eight everyone pairs up in some way and we do that too that'd be a lot funner i think yeah that would be um yeah let's yeah and, and for sure you did bring up so it's a good time to pivot that your redskins beat the cowboys we say they're now the redskins case, well i keep doing that but we say that just in case our good friend james listens Oof. sorry james. <laughs> he will send me a message if he just heard us kind of talk about that game but yeah and for realness you know out of that game the quarterback the quarterback situation for dallas was already terrible and then they the news broke today that andy dalton's gonna be out as well too so that's the second uh, dallas qb we ruined that's great yeah i, I think for concussion <laughs> protocols is I think. I don't, I don't know. And the first time sure, was uh, concussion protocols, too. Troy Aikman. We ended his career. Are you proud that you ended one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time's career? Not really, but, you know. I'm just kidding. It's I all good. Calls. <laughs> uh, John, when you were at Pops' house, were you able to catch up on any... What is that going on at your house? Ladies and gentlemen, this is John's first time on a podcast. So, John, what did you do... Uh, as far as any kind of sports watching, uh, the Dodgers are in the World Series, John. That's your boys. You could win it tonight. Well, yeah, and, and, and hopefully hopefully they can just wrap it up tonight. <laughs> That's my or I, I never. Oh, you know, wait, what? It's technically Tuesday, if anybody's wondering. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so if you so what John's hoping that by the time this podcast comes out, um, the Dodgers are the world champions. And who'd have thought Clayton Kershaw actually would have had a a very good game one World Series start? Yeah. He is notorious for being one of the worst pitchers in postseason play. One of the best pitchers of the decade is and, one of the worst pitchers in postseason play. And it's weird because, like you said, something will just happen in the mm-hmm. game he starts and they don't win. It's, yep. so, it's so weird. The Dodgers, are, they just kind of, for me – and Tampa, I don't, I don't mean to take this away from you. They just feel like the team that's getting the things they need to get done, the breaks, whatever you want to call it. They're the Miami uh, Heat. Wait, they didn't win though. The Lakers won, so they're, they're the I'm Lakers. more so talking in the fact like no one expected the Heat to even get there, and like all of a sudden they just started just shooting threes and like everything, things that should not fall, were falling down for that team. I was talking about how Chris hates baseball. So whenever we talk about it, he's got to pivot to another. I've actually, no, I've been watching him. I I will say this. I am hoping actually for the Rays to win tonight, just so we get a game seven, just like, I don't care who wins. I don't care who wins, but you know, like there have been, uh, there have been some really good moments in this series from what I've seen. So, well, I think it needed, I read this and I kind of agree. I think it needed a signature, play or something and it got that what in game four yeah with the Rays when the guy yeah with the um no no when the Dodgers guy or was it the Rays guy yeah the Rays guy ran around and they were Mm -hmm. missing balls left and right missing balls remember that game we played that had the big nutsack at the end I do um (laughs) (laughs) but uh, I finished up that dark tourist that's the name of the the show over on Netflix um fantastic little show I know you're like wait a minute Sean Dark tourism is kind of like weird. Yeah, it is. But this this kind of shed a light on that. And it kind of showed me 
that even in the darkest of things, you find appreciation for the lightest of things, you know, like life. So uh, if you're interested in that kind of stuff, it goes from, um, it ends like kind of with the, the Charles Manson stuff and it goes all over places of the world, like countries that didn't exist five years ago because of their darkness. And uh, what was the name of that country that now is a whole different name? The generals ruled it. All the celebrities were talking about it. This was around maybe 2015, 16, but it, it, he kind of goes everywhere and it, it's really cool. And also guys, you know, if you guys want to tell me what maybe you've been watching or streaming, mm-hmm. I couldn't finish Borat. I have not finished it yet. Yeah. I kind of stopped it. I was I just kind of like, yeah. One of the things about streaming is things like that. Like where, you know, comedy, I have a harder time, like, watching just by myself where I can fast forward or, or do something like that, especially like when it's like confrontational, uh, you know, pranking comedy like he's doing. Whereas like when the original Borat came out, you're just sitting in a theater watching this and you know, Hey, there's a guy's Richard going on uh, old Sasha Barrett Cohen's face. And that's, that's happening now. And you know, you just kind of accept it and you roll. on. <laughs> it's a little bit different now when you're like, you realize you're making an active choice where at any point you could exit out on this if you so wanted to, uh, to keep going. But I also had other things going on. So. Yeah. I plan to watch it at some point or at least give it a try, but I think his style of humor is sort of, I don't know. Maybe he should have left it less in, in, in the last decade, you know, did the, the sabotaging people and putting people in awkward situations the the country seems a little bit too divided for that type of humor, particularly with the likelihood of who Sasha Baron Cohen is going to target. You know, I mean, if if other people on different sides were targeted like that, they'd call this behavior toxic and things like that. So I think it's, you know, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to give it a look. Maybe I'm wrong about it. Maybe I'm wrong about what it's doing. But um, I just I don't know. I, I I tried to watch it twice and I didn't finish. It's kind of weird. I always finish, you know what I'm saying? Wait, what? <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, also, um, I want to point out as far as our streamingness goes, don't forget, uh, if you're a fan, which you already are, and this is kind of redundant for me to say, but boys, The Mandalorian Season 2 hits this Friday. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. Yeah. This is like the a, way. Uh, they have a That's Mandalorian, I'm not sure if it's a skin or I think it's like a an actual controller for the Xbox that's coming out for it i want to say it was Looks just really a nice. controller i also saw that and for the release of the season star wars squadrons is going to get a baby yoda that you can put in the cockpit next to the cock seat of your plane yeah, yeah we can we can skip skip over the, that bit of news sean thanks yeah we'll get into it a little bit more that's just a little <laughs> that's called a tidbit just the tip which always leads to more of the greatest game ever i um, am just saying huh i will say i am looking forward to it because disney plus does use dolby vision and everything I've watched on Disney Plus that uses Dolby Vision 4K just makes me like stare at my TV like a little boy, like on Christmas. And my eyes get big and I just smile. And I'm like, it's pretty. It looks really pretty. Look at the pretty. Chris baby. would like you to know he has a new TV and it's awesome. Yeah. And to the five people who jealous. know what Dolby Vision is, you're welcome. That was free from Chris. Just you really. Like- yeah. <laughs> if you if you see a TV with Dolby Vision, I highly recommend it. Highly. 
Chris, uh, what what's our time looking at right now for this intro? Are we over the ten minute mark. Yeah, we like doing good? Twelve minutes thirty. Twelve minutes. Cool. Yeah. I'm just saying. But yeah, um, this coming up weekend is gonna be uh, the end of October. We're gonna be on Saturday. It's gonna be weird to see how Halloween plays out. Yeah, um, Chris, you don't have. Uh, we don't really get ones. I, I've yeah. never gotten trick or treaters since I've lived here. That's yeah, and, and that's so you'll fine be fine. Me. John, yeah. did your old house? You're in a new place now. Did you have a an influx of trick or treaters? Not really. They kind of <laughs> they kind of stayed out of our neighborhood. This year, <laughs> this year might be different. I think we're gonna we're probably gonna play it safe, and you know maybe if we do something, put the candy outside mm-hmm. and just let them you know go for it. But I think the I think the city is somewhat discouraging trick or treaters. Yeah, they're not banning them, but they're you know just discouraging. Mm-hmm. There have been ideas that I've seen from hanging individual bags on fence posts, mm-hmm. uh, or you know having an extender arm to kind of drop it in the bag. My uh, my friend who lives in Atlanta, he put up a picture on his Facebook yesterday. Basically, he uh, went and bought some orange PVC pipe, and he's got like one of those kind of like steep. Uh, you know, stairwells as far as up to his door. So he just made that go down there and he just has a bucket hanging at the end of it. So he can just drop the candy in there for the kids when they come up. Pretty smart. Yeah. I I don't know how it's going to play out out of the three. I'm one that has someone that's in the trick or treat age and Mm. she, she wants to, we're going to give it a go. I don't know how it's going to play out. Um, Also as a tradition goes in our old neighborhood, I used to, I used to kind of make it a block party, you know, mm-hmm. and, and set up and play some music for everybody. And this year I'm not there. I'm in a new spot, but I've heard my new spot is like Halloween central on Halloween. So it's going to be weird to see. I, I do think were... that. Okay, huh? Sorry. Go ahead. I was about to say, I thought you were about to say that you found out there's already a Halloween DJ in town <laughs> and like, it's be basically funny. the start of some Tim Allen and Matthew Broderick movie, you know? If there was another DJ in my neighborhood, he could have it because Lord knows you need a night off. (laughs) Oh my God. And on this, this being a Saturday, I'm, I'm already planning on, okay, trick or treat, then DJ, then go to club slash bar. Yeah. And you already sound fun. At least you did. I mean, the one nice thing about this past weekend, um, you know, and it's not nice because of course I would rather you be able to go do your gig and all that, but Sean usually DJs outside on Saturdays, but it was pouring down rain all day, so he did not have down. to leave the Tennessee game. So we got to actually hang out and watch a full. It was good. It was the first game. time. Well, it would have been the first time I'd, I'd seen you in a minute. Yeah, in person. Uh, but we we bolded. We were brave. Mm-hmm. I was going to say we bolded. <laughs> we were brave and went out into the COVID world that we know. We wore our masks. Yep. And we went to Chipotle like the old times. Um, so I saw you there. And then that following weekend, you know, like we were invited to a friend's house to watch the Tennessee game, which was fun. Um, I also want to make sure that um, if you're impacted by the upcoming tropical storm slash hurricane Zeta, uh, by the time you get this, if you get this, it may have already come through, especially if you're in the Southeast Louisiana type area. Uh, some of Alabama, just be safe. If if you look to us to be a beacon of fun times and you look forward to our show every Wednesday, uh, 
we're going to be here for you. Just be safe, you know? Yeah. We don't want anything cra- crazy to happen, especially the week of, of Halloween. Ugh. It's just crazy. I tried to watch. Huh? Crazy. We're like, we're at the end of October and we're still getting Already. Ones. And of course, they always come up through the golf. <laughs> well, fun fact, uh, before we pivot to our topic, boys, I uh, found out that we've previously had a Hurricane Zeta. Hmm. Tropical Storm Zeta. Mm-hmm. This was in December of 2005, December 31st through like January 6th of mm-hmm. 2006. Isn't that crazy? I'm guessing it's probably I think one, that's of crazy. one so crazy. One of those ones that probably just hung out in the Atlantic and was like, hey, I'm just going to be here. <laughs> I'm just going to be here chilling. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Oh, guys, fun fact as we are speaking, people are going to know what this AMD graphics card looks like. That's true. That's true. Unless they listen to like speaking, midnight. we don't know. <laughs> As we're speaking, we don't know. That's true. Yeah. No, they show but us I, what it looked like at least. I haven't seen that. She held it up I at the, the end guy, of the I think uh, the I think the CEO held it up in the last conference. But yeah. I don't I remember that. what it looked like. I missed that. Probably yeah. was playing Rocket League or something. It's probably fine. <laughs> but um yeah, if you guys are ready to uh, go on to the topic, you got your uh your stuff ready. Sure. I think we've covered everything. Unless you want to add anything, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to go, boys. I'm ready to go. I'm good. Let's get it then. Ladies and gentlemen, as promised, we have made it to topic time. And to tell us that topic, I present to you Chris in a in a voice of goodness. The topic ready, obviously. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure because we we threw it back because John wasn't here. But now John. Yeah, but it started working. It kind of fit. I like it. You know, people kind of like the effects. I thought you'd be ready, but the proverbial ball has been dropped. Hey, no, I got it. Maybe. I don't know. Are you juggling it right now? <laughs> no, I've got my finger over the trigger. <laughs> uh, the topic is... What? 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 The top three scary games of all time! Or at least in our opinion, I don't really know how we... We didn't really like nail this down what it is, because I don't even think we'll just, I could classify mine as the top three scary games, because John knows this. I don't really play a ton of... I'm the same. You're, yeah. Some might get laughed, but we, in the spirit of <laughs> Halloween, we knew that when this episode dropped, this would be a good week to talk about games that we played that were quote unquote scary sure. to us. Yeah, it could be gory, it could be horror, it could be jumpy, it could just be eerie. Whatever it, however it, you know, it was to us. For instance, fine. so our, my number our top three, three is uh, Madden what? franchise because that is a horror thing to itself these days. Why you? Why are you calling it a horror? Horror, horror. Was it a horror? It's a horror. So uh, we want to go around the room. Our top three to us. Uh, and if you guys remember, we did this a couple weeks back. I I was able to put our names in a name picker. Oh, so we could kind of see who would go. You guys okay. want to do that again? Sure. Right, let's see if this one. It's not the same one. I'll tell you that much. But uh, you're dissatisfied. <laughs> no, I just I don't I didn't save it. And the uh, I don't want to watch ads. Um. Leave me alone. The uh, I can't use this site, but I did see that John won. John, <laughs> you'll lead off and uh, tell us. We'll, we'll go three, two, one. So your third um, t- 
top scary game, if you will, that you've played? Are we? Is it safe to say that all of ours are from this generation, or do you have some that trickled back? Chris right. says no. He's got some that trickled back. It does not have to be John. Yeah, mine, mine, mine trickled back some. Okay, so this is just in your mind like the top Dick three trickle. games. <laughs> Dick Trickle, <laughs> Richard Trickle, gentlemen. No, Dick Trickle's a real person. It's fine, mm. and just also like, just, like, just like Peter Tingle. Mm. What? And Tingle. now it's creepy. Show. Now it's shall creepy. move on. Here we go, John. <laughs> What's the trace? Uh, your scary games, man. Number three. What you got? Oh, I don't play scary games. You're the king of them. Yeah. So number three, I think um, it was going to be one or one of two, but I think I decided to just go with Resident Evil Seven Biohazard. I hear it's a good one. It's uh, it completely rescued uh, the Resident Evil franchise after after the debacle of Resident Evil Six, which ironically is still the best selling Resident Evil Six, <laughs> best selling Resident Evil game. Did you ch- did you fact check that today? Um, no. Oh, but that would have been cool if you I'm did. Pretty sure it is. Uh, Resident Evil Two Remake could have beaten it, but who knows? But uh, this is a game that starts off with such a hybrid atmosphere. It gives you it gives you the original classic feel of Spencer Resident Evil Mansion from the original game, but it does it in a first person perspective, which, as I recall, was a first uh, was a first for the series, at least at least in the mainline games. And I can say that's right. Yeah, I think it, you're it right. It kind of put it kind of put everything in a more visceral type mode. Um, everything just came at you a little bit too close. Everything was a little bit too, uh, you know, in your face. In your face. Um, but it was just a really and 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 it and it also brought in elements. At least the early parts of the game, it brought in this Texas Chainsaw Massacre feel, um, which I hear Sean was pretty brutal in VR. <laughs> <laughs> which we're still waiting for that let's play i uh bro i'm so close to playing that game in vr it's i'm so scared i mean everybody i mean the scene's now iconic the uh you know you you end up at the at the dinner table with the uh with the with the family and it's just it's just exactly out it, it's almost you know straight out of a texas chainsaw massacre movie just pick your movie um the 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 I don't remember the name of the family, but they're completely out of their gourd. Crazy. I mean, there's mutilation. There's mutilation happening at the dinner table. There's eating of disgusting parasitic bugs at the dinner table. They are the Baker family. Ah, uh, yeah, the Baker family. Um, and so the, it just it just it introduces a new character to the game. It brings you into this into this nightmare. That was just um, just a joy to play from beginning almost to the end but from just uh just from a pure fear factor this is one of the this is one of the this is my top three and i kind of put it along those lines like how much a game actually freaked me out and scared me that's that's sort of the parameters i'm going by um but this game really did it in for me i I thoroughly enjoyed it the dlc was well worth the money i mean it's it's just fantastic dlc um, and the game, the game functions exactly like a Resident Evil game, but it just put a fresh coat of paint on and revitalized the franchise. Um, and I'm just, and, and it's because of this game that I really found a new love for the Resident Evil uh, franchise. 
The uh, sequel, Resident Evil 8, should be coming out next year um, with the same character, um, the same um, uh, perspective, just in a different locale. And I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, that's nice. I I imagine that we may bring that game up again. So at, at least for sure, we can now say, you know, the things that John said about the game. Cause that's, that's all well said. I remember hitting those beats when we played the game. Uh, I don't think Chris played it. I mean, you and me when we played it, you know, I've played like 10 minutes of it. I need to go back to it. I literally played it a little bit earlier this month. I don't know why I didn't keep playing it. Wasn't anything bad. According to this article I found though, John, apparently resident evil five is the top selling game. Go figure. I don't know. I guess that wouldn't surprise me either. Yeah, it's like it's close. It was like thirteen point five to eleven point five. So I have no idea why that is or if it's true. All right. Well, since you decided to fact check John, you told me to fact check. You said we need to look that up. Fact check, and I was like, for no reason. Well, except for me saying that, Chris, you won the will to go second. Um, So your number three game. My number three isn't so much a horror game um, as it is. It features probably. one of the creepiest sections of a game I've ever experienced. Like, you know, a lot of the stuff, like I don't play the until dawns and somas and all that. And I don't have anything against them. You know, it's nothing terrible. It's just, just not my cup of tea. Just doesn't do it for me. Sorry. Uh, but for this, uh, it's actually, it's the original max Payne. Um, Oh, Mainly nice. just because the original Max Payne has these dream sequences. They're more so nightmare sequences, right? Where Max is kind of like living, reliving this tragedy that happened to his family. Um, mainly that his wife and his baby daughter were killed. Um, and the way this is done is you're consistently like going around this these levels whenever they come up and it's pitch black and the only things you can see are Max Payne on the screen and basically blood trails on the floor of like little baby feet and hands and all that. <laughs> and as you're trying to make your way through this maze just to make out of it and the whole entire time you're just hearing babies crying and murdering going on in the background and it's like i was playing this back in this is like 2000 in a pitch black room and it was just like perfect setting of eeriness of just like i i feel like i'm in a david fincher film right now and like the zodiac killer is about to come out and just completely wreck shop on me or something like that or i'm in like you know a part of seven but like you know those kinds of things i really what's like, in the box right yeah it felt like that uh and it's you know could it just made it interesting to me and it, it more so extends to, you know, that's remedy games first big game. And of course they've gone on to do things like Alan wake. And I think that had great setting. And of course, last year there was control again. And like all those things, they, they do horror very well in a way of like the kind of stuff that does interest me. Right. Like, which is more of setting and, and supernatural and just weirdness. Right. Not maybe so much the, the, really big scary creepy thing that's you know coming right at you like you know alan wake is all about shadows and uh control is just like hey what happens when your co-workers just suddenly get possessed by a demonic alien whatever um <laughs> see now i got john you- to finally play control his eyes just went up he's like that's great <laughs> but how'd you manage to squeeze three games in for your number three 
because uh, you know compare contrast. Yeah, pie charts. I, I can't. I can't do this like John can. John can easily just like for five hours today just sit there and go through the various things of do I go with this one? Do I not go with this one? I can't do that. <laughs> what am I gonna do? Uh-huh. Resident Evil One, the dog when it came through the window. No. And you popped. Yeah. <laughs> when if it, technically, Chris, you could have if a moment struck you, you probably could have riffed on that moment. So Maybe. You, you remember it from that game. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go next, and uh, it's it's a game. I guess I it was my game of the year at one point. Ooh. Uh, and that's gonna be The Last of Us. Ooh, I thought uh, about that too. That I'm a lot like Chris, where I will I'll dabble in horror games scary games but i also i'm a little uh female dog when it comes to those uh for those that you don't know that means the word oh never mind uh clean family podcast and uh i kind of steer away from them i'm a little weary of them but sometimes i stumble upon them and i have to keep going uh last of us was a game that wasn't necessarily scary it did have some very intense intense moments possibly some jump scarage. Uh, and I'm going to also include last of us two in this kind of like as the same game. I don't, I don't want to go and then list last of us two. Uh, I've, I've resumed play on that. And just the way that the, the world is set in a, in a sense of like the title, if you think about it, you're going to say no crap, Sean, it's perfect. It's the last of us, us being the humans. How will we act? You know, what will we do? And and the game gives you a setting, the games do, of we're so dumb that we fight each other after the uh, the thing happens. You know, we can't even get along then. But it, it, it even in the midst of, and, and maybe this is why moments like uh, the end of Last of Us 1 where we see a giraffe, maybe... Because the world is so dark and dreary, it makes us realize how beautiful some of the things we have in life are. And maybe we don't see how beautiful that is because sometimes we need to be in a place of darkness, if that makes sense, to truly see the beauty. Um, but yeah, I, I of course, Last of Us 1 was my game of the year. Chris did not think so at that point. And him and I have actually shared conversation on uh, if you remember, I wasn't here for the spoiler cast of Last of Us Part Two, and if you guys haven't heard that, it's available wherever you find your podcast. But uh, Chris and John did a fantastic spoiler cast on Last of Us Two, and um, it's very it's very cool to see how this story has progressed. Uh, I, I get so scared sometimes when I know I'm in a room with clickers and runners, and I hear them, and one of them grabs me. I literally say, "Stop it! What are you doing?" And and the wife will come in here and she'll say, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm just nervous, man. I, just, I don't <laughs> like this. Um, so, yeah, that's I'll leave it there. If you, I'm sure a lot of you have played Last of Us that listen to us. And if you haven't, probably the reason is, one, you don't have a PlayStation, or two, you don't like games like that. And I get it. We had friend of the show, Mike. We no longer call him Ryan Leaf. Uh, Yay. He, he started playing the remastered Last of Us today, and he's like, I get it. Um, I just saw Ellie. This is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, that opening thing was intense, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. It sets up the tone for the entire series. So, yeah, my number three would be The Last of Us uh, specifically, but it also kind of includes Last of Us too. So let's go back to random name picker, Will. 
Huh? Well, Sean, can I, can I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things that's interesting uh, that Naughty Dog deserves a lot of credit um, for, and this is pivotal to any um, survival horror game, is your sound design, mm-hmm. um, your sound effects. I will never forget playing the original Last of Us in, with headphones on and hearing those clickers for the first time. Dude. Dark, you're going into a dark room and you hear the the clicking and the popping and you'd never, you you know, it, it's, 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 it's not your run of the mill zombie game. And they really figured out a way to make the zombie type caricature stand out and be unique. And those sound, those sound effects from those creatures were something that I will never forget. And in the second one, and I think, I think you guys can agree when you get to that point that that other group of people and, yeah, and, the, and the way they yeah. communicate with each other, that whistling in the background, it, it, just the sound design and the sound effects for that is completely unnerving because you realize you were in an element where y- you feel like you are no longer in control. Yeah. And these people are, these, these people already know where you are. They're looking for you. They'll find you in seconds. It's just a, such an intimidating whistling. And who knew that whistling that like that could be so, so frightening, so so suspenseful. Yeah, I don't so know. I gotta if, give, it up, give, it, give it up to their sound design. I don't know if like yeah. that suspense for that group holds for the whole game, but like that initial first interaction is probably the best like chilling thing I've seen this year in video game. Like just coming in, it's the middle of the night. It's kind of hazy. For the first time in a while, you're actually in a place of the city that's a little bit more jungly. You know, there's a lot of trees around yeah. you. The elements and, are alive. It feels yeah. like it's and then, crazy. You know, you're hearing this whistle and you have no idea of really what it means. And, but you, you're you pretty sure it's not a good sign of things to come. <laughs> and then, you know, five seconds later, it gets real bad. So, you know, it's it, it was definitely one of my highlights of the series for sure this this last time. But it, I also I also forgot uh, until she, you just mentioned Sean that opening scene too is you know for the very first game you know that did pull me in like there was more that of the gameplay side that pulled me out a little bit where my criticisms live that first game but that opening is maybe one of the best like fall of society moments you know captured probably in not just a video game but I think like visual media in general like it really works and makes you feel it very fast what's going on here and what the stakes are yeah, you, it, it, I can't, if you haven't experienced it, and if you have, you kind of know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. It kind of made you really feel like something, almost the end apocalyptic, whatever you want to call it, it's going down and you're in literally the middle of it mm-hmm. and the chaos that is surrounded by a moment like that. And uh, there's going to be heartbreak. There's going to be, I don't know, just craziness. And it captured all of that. So yeah, I loved it. All right, on to uh, our second tier. Mm-hmm. Each one of these next ones will be our second game of scariness. So let's see. The wheel is spinning. Sean is in yellow. John is in red. Chris is in white. And the winner is John. Ooh. John will go second for his number two. Well, ladies and gentlemen, for the most part, I've, I'm going with um, Fear Factor for these games, although I'm not picking games that aren't high quality. I got to go <laughs> with that one. Uh, I got to go with Outlast 2. Ooh, that's a scary um, game, John. Outlast scary 2 game. scared <laughs> the crap out of me from beginning to end. There was no 
there were no lulls in this game for me. Um, one of the most uh, frightening moments that I remember was was approaching approaching this village area. It was almost complete. It was completely abandoned, and there, and there was this heavy fog everywhere, so you could see things in the distance, but you just couldn't see them very well. And as you get closer, you start to hear this loud whispering. And it, it becomes this it becomes this chief antagonist throughout the game that's that's constantly stalking you. She starts she starts she starts reciting scripture. Now the the most frightening thing and you know the most frightening thing that you could think of is walking into a dark place and you hear somebody creepily whispering scripture. This thing that's supposed to be comforting and inspiring. But if you start whispering it in the dark, you know, it's just, it's not, it's not good. And, and on top of that, and, and, and it builds on the first game, this idea um, that you have no way to fight back. You have no weapons to speak of. All you were doing is it's, it's a, it's a glorified stealth game where you were simply trying to avoid being seen, being captured, um, being caught. And the, the only defense you have really to see the world most of the time it's just completely dark you have this you have this uh, um, night vision camera that's recording footage and one of the things that you know what makes it survival horror is the fact that you have to constantly look for batteries because the battery in this in in this um, in this night vision camera is drains battery very quickly for the purpose of suspense but the, the the places that you end up are you're just you look from beginning to end going how the heck am I in that you 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 in you're in this underwater tomb an underground tomb that's almost completely flooded think think um, Indiana Jones Last Crusade when they go Ooh. in the museum you know with and the rats are everywhere think of that but with creepy with creepy monsters and things like that just tr- stalking you at every turn it's just a completely horrifying experience. I almost, I almost didn't want to finish it. It got so brutal at times where you just, and it's one of those, it's one of those games where you constantly have to stop and take a break. And that doesn't happen to me too, too much, but this is one of those games that completely unnerved me from beginning to end. I, I I'm looking it, it's from, uh, I think it's from red barrel games. I mean, they're not long games. Um, I would completely recommend anybody who loves these, who loves survival horror to give Outlast and Outlast Two um, some time? The first one takes place in an asylum. I mean, how crazy is that? I want to say the first one was the one my brother Sam. I think it was free at one point, and he got it. It was either mm-hmm. on Xbox or PlayStation. I remember hearing him in the room just every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. The first one, the first one's really scary, really scary. But when the second one, you start dealing with cults. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's just that's just a whole nother level when you start dealing with cults. It's that exorcist thing. But that's just that's my number two. Outlast two is my number two. I never, I yeah, I never. If you haven't played it, I've I've heard, and if you Google, you know, scariest games, just as let's say that you listen to this and it inspires you to do that, you're going to see Outlast or Outlast two pop up on a lot of lists. It's got that that fear of of eh. Yeah. All right. I think I think they made it uh, I think it's about 4 or 5 hours and the and the reason they made it 6 is because technically 6 hours would kill you. <laughs> You'd be dead. 
Uh, well, as fate would have it, boys, I spun the wheel again, and it's crazy because the winner for, to go second for his second game is none other than Christopher. Hey. Chrissy's Chris. rigging it. I know, it seems right? rigged, but it's crazy that it's not. He's not sharing a screen. We can't prove this. Don't share your screen true. because it'll probably hit my bandwidth, so don't do that. Um, See, John, bandwidth is. <laughs> my number two, uh, I had to pick mainly just because I, I kind of said this a couple of weeks ago when I was rewatching it, but I really do believe in all of horror that Alien is my favorite horror film. Like it just, it checks all the boxes for me, uh, and everything. And therefore I think the game that has ever come closest to alien is dead space. Like there's just no question in my mind to that where, you know, yeah, it's a little bit different because of course alien, they don't know what they're getting into versus here. You have a quarantine ship and Isaac's coming into it. But the idea of like just going around something that to them feels normal, right? Like in industrial type ship whatever that you know might not just naturally kind of have some dark corridors or whatever and it becoming more terrifying because there is something loose on this ship and you don't quite understand what it can do and how it can grow and move uh and then the horror of also watching your friends become necromorphs <laughs> it's it's just some of the most terrifying stuff and it, i mean like it gives me those feelings of back from the original alien like you know of um what's his face like when he's going in chasing the cat and going around the room and like you know you're first seeing the xenomorph for the same first that first time like it checks all those boxes um i just i love that space setting like space is a very terrifying place to begin with but then you start adding in monsters and <laughs> just chaos uh and laser cutting limbs and it gets very chaotic very 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 fast um but yeah that that would be me i would go with with that i mean the two sequels i kind of enjoyed i didn't finish the third one i don't believe but um yeah it's solid I don't know what else yeah, to say. I don't really have you, a ton to say. You don't have to say a lot. <laughs> yeah. You can. I was gonna because I was gonna come in with a when you said it's solid. A uh, that's what she said, you know, and kind of just roll with it, see what happens. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, I think it's super creepy that my lights are out and you kind of just see my head in the scary <laughs> episode. This is weird. Uh, my number two, since we'll go in order. Uh, I played it on the Xbox 360, and it was given to me by friend of the show Jeff. Uh, this game, you may not see it on a lot of creepiest games ever, but the vibe in the game, it dealt with a someone from the Crusades. It dealt with Rings of Hell. It was tied to a poem. Chris now uh, knows. Chris now yeah. knows. Yeah, I remember you yeah. guys were big on this. Three hints. Uh, this game was Dante's Inferno. Um a game I didn't know much about going into. And a friend of the show, Chris, said, you know, hey, you, you need to play this game. This game is pretty awesome. Um, of course, it was based around the Divine Comedy that I mentioned. Um, I remember playing this game and thinking, yeah, it's a lot like God of War. It had these elements where these the the bad guys you'd, you'd fight, they kind of come in your face and land on the surface. And you had to do kind of like, you know, the God of War where you take out one arm and then another arm, whatever. 
Uh, and some people kind of knocked that. I, I never really, I never really felt like I was playing God of War in an environment that was, I, I didn't feel like it was a ripoff. Let me just leave it as that. I, I might try to get too wordy. Um, but what happens is Dante is a crusader. And let's say that he, he's, he's pretty bad. He has a lot of sins. And, and that he's got to be sent. Uh, let, well, can I spoil this game at this point? Do you guys think? I can definitely spoil this game. So he, he finds himself at death, right? He got assassinated. He's at death. Um, and that kind of, that starts your story. You, you end up having to, um, you got to defeat death from the jump. And that, I remember when I, that happened, I was like, wow, uh, that's, that's pretty cool. You know, the, the game kind of starts out and you're, and you're, you're fighting death. And what I loved about this game was the setting of you were in, you're kind of like in hell. There's layers of, of the craziness you're going to see in hell. Um, and like I mentioned, I played it on 360. And, and a fun fact, I did not play it when it came back out and was playable on the new systems. Like I think it was backwards compatible on the one X or something like that. I remember it came out and I thought I'd be, you know, excited to play it again. Um, but I didn't. So anyway, you find yourself in front of death and he has a, a scythe. You know how, when you think of death, he's hooded, he's got the scythe and, um, you got to beat death to move on. I, of course, I'm the greatest Dante's Inferno player of all time. I defeated death. Um, but when you go home, this is where the story picks up because you find out that Lucifer has taken your beloved. Um, I think she was your wife. I want to say she was. Uh, but, but Dante has a problem. He still has not saved his own soul. You remember I told you that he had a bunch of sins. Uh, and now he's got to go rescue you know, his love. And I remember going, Oh my God, this is going to be crazy. And then you go on uh, and you go through the nine circles of hell. No! And, um, it, the vibe the entire time. I, I remember this vividly. I chose to be the holy Dante, which was the quote unquote good Dante. I use a lot of holy power against a lot of evil. So there was a lot of lights and brightness to abolish evilness. Um, but I remember constantly having like a light layer of chicken skin because of the atmosphere, um, getting to a boss fight, you know, learning different, different spells that Dante had. Um, and I remember, but I was so focused because I knew I needed to one, make sure I didn't end up in hell. I had to abolish my sins. And my main goal was I had to go save the love of my life. Um, but yeah, it, it was a hack and slash, you know, button pusher. It even had moments where when you were fighting the big guys, it, I mentioned it earlier, you felt like God of War, but I loved it. Uh, I remember telling Jeff that I thanked him very much for letting me borrow that game. And, uh, you know, I'm a big, big fan of, of, of that setting, that game. And I know it's not necessarily, like I said, traditionally scary or what have you, but I remember the setting damn sure is. Can I say that? I can say that we can do what we want. Um, I feel like see how good you do going through your nine circles of hell. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so yeah, number two for me was Dante's internal that I played way back on the Xbox 360. 
This would have been circa 2010, 11, or 12. That's a long time ago, boys. Dante's Internal. Did I say that? I mean, yeah, if, <laughs> if you correct me again in front of all the listeners, we're going to have a problem. Well, Sean, fun fact, uh, Dante's Infernal. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Dante's Inferno has been a game that's always kind of been on my list to play. I never got around to it, but it just kind of strikes a fancy with me, like Templar Knight, check. Old Medieval Concept, check. Dante's Inferno, check. Um, but the game, one of the one of the games, one of the thing, reasons it got my attention was because it is developed by Visceral Games. No longer, sir. No Maker of Dead Space. It, well, which is no longer yet in existence, yeah. Which uh, you know made made Dead Space. So, yeah. And John, I gotta be honest. You said Dead Space. I'm gonna be completely shocked if that's not your number one game. <laughs> we'll get there in a minute. Uh, if you're keeping up, if you're keeping score at home. All three of us have given you two apiece scary games that we've played. Two apiece. We're now up to our number ones. The wheel is spinning. And ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, Chris is going to lead off his number one. I don't believe you. I think you just decided uh, I was going third. <laughs> um, okay, okay. Let's see this right here. Hold up, boys. I won't touch it. We'll do this. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Uh, my number one is obviously Ken Levine's masterpiece, Bioshock. Oh, I don't know how I could not pick it. I mean, from the that moment scary. from the moment you descend down and you're getting this wonderful idea of like you know, basically I don't know what's the best dogma from uh, what's his face Andrew Ryan. You know, and you, he's like, this is what is going to be the greatest thing. And then you actually get there. And the first thing you see is these flashing in and out lights and a guy getting murdered by a splicer. Then to proceed five seconds later down the stairs and watch a big daddy just ream someone through a wall. You're just like, what? This is, this is about to be intense. But not even that, like to me, that's not even the most scary thing in the game. The scariest thing in the game is those dang little sisters coming around going, Mr. Bubbles, he's a fallen angel. He's sleeping. Let's give him some candy to wake him up. Dude, the scariest thing about the game was the little girl holding the big daddy's hand. That's that's the little sisters. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's what she does. Yeah. That is the scariest, wickedest, the entire vibe of that game. But then, like, to think the evil you can do in return, like, by the end of this game, where I can literally combine the elements of a swarm of bees with wind, (laughs) and you just see these people screaming as they're flying up in the air, getting stung by 1,000 bees, (laughs) is just some of the most crazy things. And, of course, you know, it, it plays in those kinds of things of, like, I wouldn't say, like, horror, but just, like, of things that are more thriller or whatever and interesting to me, the plot twist, of course, that game is probably one of the most legendary of all times. But again, I think for me, when I made this list, the big thing that I was thinking about is setting, you know, that's what does it for me is like, how well do I believe the world I'm in and the things that I'm going through? Right. Um, and with Bioshock, I really do feel like it's interesting because you, it was one of the first few games that I played where, uh, especially in the Xbox 360 generation, when I came off that elevator, wherever it's called, um, 
and walked in, it's like, oh, wow, I really feel like I'm experiencing a fallen society that hasn't quit, you know, completely fallen yet, but I'm watching it uh, towards the end of it. And it is frightening to think, you know, how quick, like how quickly this all fell apart for this guy and what is the mystery behind that. And I want to go around and find every little piece and artifact that's in that world to find out clues that made that happen. And then it's also interesting to me because personally, you know, I like that idea of like when that made both the Bioshock or, you know, Bioshock 2 is kind of its own thing, but Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite interesting is like these two people who had very strong dogmas of what they thought society should be and kind of examining, well, what does this look like when someone is really willing to go the full 10 yards, you know, to, First down. Yeah, oh. to make a, to make his vision come true, you know, damn what anyone else thinks or whatever ideals and principles, maybe the majority of us would have in society. It's a very interesting concept. And it was, also very well explored i thought in infinite which is why i love that game um that one's maybe not as scary but it's more those might actually be more scary in the actual actions that uh they take on columbia versus uh rapture but they're both pretty horrifying when you think about it i think it's very cool that uh you you eventually did bring up infinite which i was going to which is great Mm -hmm. that ended up being your game of the year for the year that last of us was out for me yeah yeah and 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 it all started by you playing Bioshock, you know, Bioshock. And shout out to John. We, we've we said this before, I think, but just in case you missed it, uh, John owned this game, and we were not as tight as we are now, but John was like, you need to play this game. Mm-hmm. He let me have it to to play, not have, but, you know, Bari. Uh, and I, I gave it a go, and I didn't – I at one point I just stopped playing it, couldn't get into it, and but he – um he was the catalyst for me to try to get into it. And I, I, later on in life, I asked John why he bought the Bioshock collection on a certain console to this day. John, what do you say? I don't know. <laughs> Which hey, is funny. Chris, <laughs> Chris, let me ask you a question. Sure. Is a man not entitled <laughs> to the sweat of his brow? Yeah, right. Also, going back to what you said earlier, remember... Um, speaking of infinite you talked about choir and singing and all that it's amazing how quickly when you get to columbia you go from this beautiful like gospel choir him talking about singing you know down to the river to pray to some of the most messed up stuff as far as how people are being treated that are not of what they would consider good uh elk <laughs> on columbia uh, how how quickly we go from A to B, from very peaceful and beautiful to hell. That's that's what the genius I think of Kevin Levine is. Oh, Truers. Sure. Can we get some truers in the chat? Sure. Um, I want to give John the floor for his number one game because I'm super excited about it. And I think that uh, he is the, the truest of the horror players in this, in this trifecta that we have. So I'll say my number one. It has already been spoken of. Uh, I have not finished this game, but that is not a nod to my laziness. It's a nod to how scared I am of this game. (laughs) Uh, I am terrified of a dude in the game, a family in the game. I'm terrified to put a VR headset on to play this game. Uh, That game, of course, is Resident Evil 7. Um, 
Mm. It had it had uh boys, it had been a rare since I played a Resident Evil title. And I went out on a limb and just bought Res 7. And if I remember right, it was because everybody was saying, you know, it's so different than the other residents. It's res res whatever. And I was like, okay, cool. And I remember, you know, at the beginning of the game, I'm strolling, you know, <laughs> up to a house. I don't know what I'm getting into, you know. I don't know what's going to happen. I didn't know that hours later, I'd be terrified walking through a house so people wouldn't see me or chase me. I'd be terrified of boss fights. I'd be terrified of escaping the house and just looking back at the house. Um, so, yeah, I still need to finish this game so it cannot, you know, over, over the course of my life, it cannot dominate me. But I feel like if you play a game that scares you enough to where you don't even want to turn it on, that game should be your number one on a list of your scary games that you've ever played. Uh, yeah. And if you, if you recall to the things John just said about the game, I echo all of that. And that's kind of why I said that earlier too, because I was kind of, you know, I knew that my number one was going to be red seven, but um, it it's, it, if let's say you haven't played red seven now, it's like really cheap to get it. I want to say it's like a greatest hits, maybe 1499 or maybe 1999. And if this is up your alley, man, you know. It's currently on you, um, Games Pass for both PC and console, by the way. So it's a, if you got Xbox Game Pass, that means you it's free, basically. And if you're on PlayStation, you got to drop no more than 20 bucks for it. So uh, it was number three on John's list, number one on mine. And Chris, it, you know, it's not his cup of tea, so we're not going to hold that against him. But think about that. Um, so if you want to get your spook on, you know, be scared leading up to Halloween. Do it. I dare you. Have fun with the bakers, bro. John, that makes me look at you. The world is listening to you now. That's right. The no world is listening to me. <laughs> well, uh, Chris is 100% right. Uh, Dead Space did to science fiction horror in video games what Alien did to science fiction horror in film. This um this game you know this game could have just phoned it in and been a scary game but it did a lot more than that it was it was it if you if you you can really get invested into the world that it builds the lore that it builds I mean you're on board I mean so so many of the things about this game are so iconic the necromorphs the ship that you go to called the Ishimura which is known as a planet cracker and these planet crackers go to you know you you're, you live on you you basically Earth is a is a wasteland. Um, following the second term of Donald Trump, and um, that's when <laughs> I mean the, the the planet crackers were designed to go to different planets and and just crack the planets open, take their resources. Um, you have this you have this religion in the game known as Unitology which is a rift on what I think is Scientology, which is the combination of, of political greed aligned with um, um, religion. You put those things together and horrible things happen in this science fiction universe. Um, you know, Dead Space, <clears throat> to me, Dead Space is the, is the pinnacle of survival horror for me. Not only is it a great survival horror game, it is a fantastic game in and of itself. It's one of my favorite games of all time. Um, definitely, it definitely cracks the top five. But the 
the idea of its world. And, you know, we go back to the idea of sound design when it comes to, you know, the last of us, things like that. Sound design and sound effects are the most pivotal ingredient to a, to a survival horror game, um, hands down. And the atmosphere that this creates is, is very, uh, very horrifying because you immediately, the moment you get onto this, this ship, the Ishimura, you know that something's not right. And it's within minutes that everything goes to hell. And it's, it's a completely horrifying experience. The series itself um, is one of my favorite series of all time. Dead Space 2 is, is one of the best action games I've ever played. And, and Dead Space 2's opening, opening scene is, is one of the most horrifying things in video games I've ever seen. But Dead Space, the original Dead Space, will always be, um, it has always been, I should say, the pinnacle of, of my survival horror experience just the absolute hopelessness that you feel in that game. Um, Isaac Clark, he's a, he's a silent protagonist. He doesn't say anything at all. And, and one of the, I mean, from a gameplay perspective, from a design perspective, they really did some interesting things with this game. Your, your health meter, if you will, is a, is a blue line on your back that goes up and down depending on, depending on how, and, and, and basically represents your life meter. And you actually can project your menu screen um, in in the game instead of going to a menu screen. You 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 click on your wrist and you project into the air what you have in your inventory. Cool. And it basically it basically shows Clark looking at his inventory in the game. Um, and you, you know you have to do it in a place where you know you're going to be safe for a few minutes. Uh, but the game from just beginning to end is terrifying and just. Um, and just just a blast to play. So it's just a combination of of really great action sequences like you would find in in the uncharted games and just some of the best survival horror and terrifying moments um that I've ever experienced. Also so. that camera's on point. Yeah. Because it's I want- it's that thing of you can't move fast enough. If you mess up, you're not swinging around fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So a fun, a funny thing happened today. I, I, Chris and I were going to write on a piece of paper what we thought your scariest game was, and we would have been right. Uh, we were going to unfold it live and do a thing, but then we forgot. So <laughs> there so was never a out. question in me. Like I was like maybe Bioshock, maybe, but I was like I would bet my life on Dead Space. <laughs> we we just know you like the game when you and again reverting back to let's say you're a listener and you decided to google or whatever scary games you're going to see dead space everywhere like it's just known to be what it is uh based on your list john i think if we had expanded it to five i may have seen dying light on it that was a game that i i tied directly to you Mm -hmm. um i thought guys i thought i thought about a wii u game today or yesterday in zombie you and i wondered if i'd played it more would it have been scary in that pretty cool game i did think about like the dead rising series because it's maybe like the closest to like uh i guess like dawn or day of the dead or whatever dawn the dead those kinds of you know things and of course evil dead the well the later ones and things like that when especially when you got to the later games and you were just making the crazy weapons in that series right yeah. Like down to the point where you have a 
bulldozer that is just going over a million <laughs> zombies. Um, I um I I knew Doom wasn't gonna make John's list for scary, but yeah. I'll be honest, Doom was freaky to me. Like you, you're having to like yeah 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 and kick you know be ba through the game, but man, those things that game's kind of intense, man. You know, as a kid, uh, and also if I had played it more recent, and I know you're like Sean, you played a 360 game and you really remembered it. I just didn't remember Alan Wake enough to say it was scary, which means yeah, to me, I was thinking I was thinking Alan Wake would be on Chris's list for sure. Yeah, I went back and forth. Did you? Did you teeter totter? That's why I include it with Max Payne. There was also right. that, and then I also thought about um, for a good while doing a combo for Limbo and Inside because mm. I just really like what Same. Dead does. Yeah, that's kind of why I teased the the Nutsack game in right. the beginning. Um, <laughs> but listen, don't forget Nintendo Switch guys or anybody who doesn't who, who does not want to be super scared. We always got Luigi's Mansion Three. There you yeah. go. <laughs> you know, it's got a scary vibe to it. Hey, didn't it drop on Halloween last year? Yeah. I believe so. I it was like so. yeah, October thirtieth, thirty first. Yeah. So there you go. I um I once again I want to tip my hat to you too. Great job. Um, mm-hmm. I think we just you know I'm I'm full of humility. I think we just rocked that segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, that was our top three games. Um, but basically that scared us. You know that we can we can bring to you in this holiday season of. I shouldn't say holiday season. I should say Halloween season of scariness. But now I think the boys are ready. They're kind of giving me that look. And when they give me that look, then the panties come off. Ooh. Um, what happened? Uh, we're going to go ahead and pivot to our news. All off the press and straight to your ears. Weekly Games Chat presents the news. Man, they news. No, no. How's that feeling, you earbuds? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time for news. And to lead off, Chris is going to be devastated to read this next news piece. Cyberpunk will be delayed again for 21 days with a new <laughs> release date of December 10th. December 10th, huh? The news was announced in a Twitter <laughs> post. In a statement from M. Badowski and Marcin Winsky, they say, quote, we hate you. We don't care about you. <laughs> That's not true, sir. Your eyes are closed. You're not reading it right. <laughs> the biggest challenge for us right now is shipping the game on current gen, next gen, and PC at the same time, which requires us to prepare and test nine versions. Nine! Uh, we were, were aware it might seem unrealistic when someone says that 21 days can make any difference in such a massive and complex game, but they really do. 21 Savage. Savage. As long as it's good, I'm fine. Yeah, that statement was echoed by another friend of ours when the news broke. Uh, you know, us gamers, you know, us pro gamers like we are, we just want a game that's complete and good. Yeah. John, do you have any thoughts and or prayers on this close to the release being re- delayed for almost a month? Well, I'm just glad that uh, Chris can focus on what is important. And that's the second Valhalla. That's what that's 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 the game of the of the generation. We already know this. There's no sense in you know dancing around it. The one I feel I kinda, um, I kinda wanna see Chris dance though. The ones I feel <laughs> bad though, you know, like there was what Dragon Quest was is uh is December tenth, the medium is December tenth, Phoenix Rising is December third, I think. So now I'm like, well, 
Sorry, I'm guys. I'm still playing it. <laughs> you know, I am going to play it, but you know, it's it's got seven Wait. days, and then uh, on to the next one, guys. <laughs> on, on, on to the next one. Yeah, it's. I mean, it sucks, but you know, it's only 21 days. That's true. You know, so we, we, and there's nothing we can do about it. We live with it, and what we do, boys, is we hope Sean has a next gen console to play it on. That's what we hope for. That would be nice. That'd be or nice, right? Because right now I have zero next-gen consoles. You have, I have a computer. Myself. You guys, we are the Whitney Houston's of the podcast. You guys <laughs> literally just built computers. It's what fine. Kind of podcast are we? We're, uh, we're supposed to bring the latest and greatest, and we ain't got squat. We got nothing. You got have nothing. computers. We, uh, <laughs> we also, you know, if we would have just planned more actively, John, yeah. for the release. Sure. You know, don't, don't get me started on that. Yeah. Uh, also talking about planning, according Ooh. to Phil Spencer, Xbox is currently planning, uh, not planning the future of Bethesda because Microsoft acquisition of ZeniMax Media is not yet complete. Saying, this is quoting Phil, he says, first of all, I would like to say that we haven't acquired ZeniMax. We've announced our intention to acquire ZeniMax. It's going through regulatory approval and we don't see any issues there. According to Spencer, it would be illegal for him to sit down with Bethesda's Todd Howard or CEO Robert Altman to make future plans until Microsoft officially acquires ZeniMax. I believe they said at the time when they announced this deal, they expect it to be completed by June of next year. So June. That's yeah. in the summer. Yes. You know, June falls in the summer where we live, boys. Just want to point that out. I love to give true factual statements from time to time. Yeah. Um, the truth lives here. <laughs> I think that's already somebody's tagline, even though that sounded legit. Uh, does this mean we don't get any Bethesda games in the Xbox store? Like, wait, 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 wait. Back that up. Exclusives. It's pro- assuming it's probably why you have yet to see the back catalog of, um, Bethesda games suddenly appear in Games Pass if they weren't already there right now, mainly yeah. just because they would have to work out a deal, you know, pay for those things to come for five or six months or whatever. And it's it's just in their best interest. I mean, plus, if they get this thing done, like, say, in May or like the beginning of June, and let's presume that E3 does come back next year. That gives Phil the opportunity to go on stage and have a moment and be like, by the way, we're announcing today that all of the Bethesda back, you know, catalog is today. So it's it's a win win in the end. I, I I really hope that, you know, we're not being over cocky about this acquisition. And I hope that an issue does not arise because, you know, that would be a big uh, face plant. And, we love a good uh, acquisition. Yes. Yeah, we do. You know what I also billion. think is perfect right after we talk about a story about Phil and Bethesda? That's to update the updating of Fortnite. And I think because I see John every night on his PlayStation playing Fortnite, he's going to now say that it's not him. Uh, it, is, it is not me. <laughs> told you. Uh, he's going to give us the updates about Fortnite. Well, here it is, Sean. And you've been waiting for this. Fortnite. I've been waiting has a much larger future ahead of it when it comes to Marvel integration. Epic, uh, Epic Game Studios Worldwide Creative Director Donald Mustard. What if he joined the uh, the uh, army and became a colonel? Or what he if he was like the uh, CEO of French's? 
I want you to get that dad joke out of here and never bring it back. Both of you. Jeez. Man. Quote, the reason we... <laughs> I hope we got him. Did we get him? I think we got him. Mustard. Uh, the reason we called this season Nexus War is because of mustard. Is that this is just the starts of lots of stuff we have planned for many years of Marvel integration. This is not the end. This is the beginning. All of this will be leading up to Galactus. Big boy Galactus. Uh, who I think, uh, Chris, I think Chris technically is a, is a cloud. Uh, John, it may be a cloud, but fun fact, it was for once the name of my Richard. Oh, Galactus. <laughs> In addition, Fortnite's latest crossover with pop culture is bringing Ghostbusters gear to its item shop in time for Halloween. This will bring skins, ghost trap, and proton pack proton pack back bling. bling. It's supposed <laughs> to be backpack bling, I think. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, an ecto glider and a proton pickaxe harvesting tool. So look forward to that Fortnite fans. We don't yeah. often cover a lot of Fortnite news, but I figured, you know, Marvel might oh, as well. Yeah, everyone every once in a while we should dabble back in, you know. Give it some dabble. Yeah, give it a little attention. It deserves it. It's still out there. Yeah. You know? You know? Um so I which one of you I hope I was right. Chris, you're the one that does a good Mark Wahlberg, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I could Yeah, this so this is why I really want you to talk about Sully's mustache. <laughs> Man, on the spot on that. Well, I just wanted you, you know, to see what you could hey, do. Hey, Mark Wahlberg posted a photo of himself. <laughs> Isn't that great? Don't you love it? I do love Mark Wahlberg. He's it was great. on Instagram. It had a brandishing lush brown mustache. Just like Mark Wahlberg. I love it. Uh, possibly for his upcoming role as Victor Sully Sullivan in the upcoming Uncharted movie with Tom Holland. Photos were apparently taken on the set in Berlin showing Tom Holland's young Nathan Drake and Wahlberg Sully. The... Uh, this comes after many reacted to some promo photos where fans were re- uh, reacted to the fact Sully was not sporting his classic lip fuzz. We all know that Sully had a mustache at birth. I think the other big thing with this movie was the first official screenshot of old Tom Holland uh, yeah. as Nathan Drake came out this week. And he was looking, he definitely got the right color clothes on to make him look yeah, like the- Nathan Drake when he's standing around tomb places. The costume design is spot on so far. Yeah. I don't know I about the mustache. Say hi to your mother for me, okay? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they set mom up. They set her up. Do <laughs> you think it might be the hot dogs? Are the hot dogs causing this? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to let this just go. You guys do it. You got no, anything else? No, no. no you could you go? You could go on forever. I know you could. You can, you can go watch the travesty that is the happening right now, I believe, on Amazon Prime. So... You, well, you, you mentioned right. Prime, and I say if you want to watch some Mark Wahlberg movies, you could possibly do that on Netflix. I wonder why. Else John's going to tell you about. Ah, uh, Netflix, the uh, curator of many a fine program. Here is the next program coming down the pike. Oh, there is a new Assassin's Creed series, and Netflix has announced its plans to produce a live-action Assassin's Creed series, which will be the first of many new projects, the press release proclaimed a, quote, epic genre-bending live-action adaptation. A search is currently underway for a showrunner. See, John, a showrunner is, 
I don't know. This is when you would say, what is it, Sean? Like a, it's kind of like a Blade Runner, but a show runner. Oh, for shows, exactly. Okay. The collaboration with Netflix and Ubisoft will also tap into many of the video game franchises the developer possesses. Oh! Quote, for more than 10 years, millions of fans around the world have helped shape the Assassin's Creed brand into an iconic franchise. We're thrilled to create an Assassin's Creed series with Netflix, and we look forward to developing the next saga in the Assassin's Creed universe. And everybody, I hear that the uh, the this new Assassin's Creed show will be taking place in China. <laughs> China. Uh, China. I, I, listen, I, I love the movie that, that was released for Assassin's Creed. It was different, but I liked it. Okay. What was up uh, with the uh, low-key Cronkite reading of that, by the way? You didn't like it? I, I, know. I was it. just like, why Why did we go to Walter Cronkite for that one? <laughs> I was just feeling it. Yeah, okay. You, you hung in there, you did it, you know? You I was just like, it. it took me a second. I was like, is he doing NPR? I was like, no. Is he doing no, it's not NPR? I was like, no. And that's I was the like, way it was. was. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I, I uh, spoiled this in the... Hey. Hey, go ahead first. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. I was going to say... If you hate me again, I, I will come through the screen and drop kick you. I have a shirt on. Oh, yeah. I can't touch you. That today. says, hey, good. Yeah. So I can say, hey. DJ, hey, good t-shirt on. Um, Where's mine? Uh, you got to order it through the website. <laughs> Oof. WW cool. not... But not I'll give it to you for free. Just got to order it for <laughs> tracking purposes, bro. Friends are awesome. But I was going to say... Awesome. um. I do like this, like, and I, I'm liking this for video games because I thought they did Castlevania well, right? I think John would agree with that. That that was a nice anime. Um, uh, Witcher, even though it's not traditionally a video game, a lot of people know it as a video game. Um, and then now this, like, I think a lot of times when I think of movies, the problem is is that they're taking like things that are experiences that are 20, 30 hours and trying to condense them into a two hour experience, and then also make them work for modern. Or, or, or a more wide audience and it just does not usually work well but you know something like this where you can take the time if they are going to bring in the the templars and the uh the assassins and the modern day stuff and the tech part of the game right you actually have time to build that out and build those characters out uh in a way that we care about them and and we want to learn more about them uh, as well as whoever the fictional uh historical figure is True that. Yeah. True words. Um, I, I in the intro, John got mad at me because I talked about the news, which he should have. But I was just so excited uh, because you know, with the launch of Mandalorian season two, Star Wars Quadrants is actually celebrating this launch this week uh, with some free content that will include a dashboard decoration of none other than Baby Yoda. Uh, this is the way the supply drop will arrive today. It includes Razor Crest Gunship and Bezcar Ingot Hanging Flare. IG Series Assassin's Droid Dashboard Dashboard, Dashboard Flare and Blurg and Bounty Holograms. If your girlfriend heard me say that, she thinks I was speaking a different language. This news comes uh, welcoming following the previous announcement that there was no planned DLC for Squadrons. We covered that here on this fine program. And I was very happy to see this. I was like, ooh, and it's free. Ooh. Oh, free, free Mandalorian. This is the way, baby Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna keep talking because I like Gears Five, and I'm the best player in this room on Gears Five. 
False. Uh, and we have some. <laughs> I have seen you, and that is so not true. <laughs> Chris, Chris leaned up in it. He couldn't get to the mic fast enough. And John leans in. He's and you heard John. It's they they they're haters. But Gears Jesus, Five has. I changed up. I died. <laughs> I, I died. Sean, just make it through the lightning storm. I'm That's trying. That's all I got. Uh, Gears Five Story DLC. The Coalition has announced that the DLC story content for Gears Five will be coming in December. I hope that I'm coming in December too. <laughs> Jokes. Uh, the content will be available for Xbox One, PC, and Xbox Series consoles. According to producer uh, Zoe Kerno, all I can say is December, and the title is Hive Busters. So it might uh, give you a little hint as to what that content might be. Oh, the Hive. Uh, that'll be available on new consoles as well, so it'll be optimized for those too. The estimated playtime for the new content will be three to four hours with more details coming in early December. Uh, here's some bullet points I want to go over. The Coalition will also be adding New Game Plus, plus, which will include the following. Two new difficulty modes. We'll have some character skins for Cat, Dale, and JD. New weapon skins. Uh, Jack will have his upgrades carry over, even though I had the biggest issue with Jack and his upgrades as I played this game on Games Pass. I don't know if that was tied to that or not. Uh, there will be Mutators. And new achievements, and we all love new achievements. Do we agree, boys? Yes. Yes, very nice. I'm excited. I'll probably be playing this with friend of the show, Adam, even though he's never been on. Uh, we can't officially call him that, but he's like in the rafters, and that's an inside joke thing. Um, boys, you excited about Gears? Gears 5? Always. I need to finish it. You do need to finish it. Yeah. Um, he didn't finish Gears? I don't nah. think he did I can't remember what came out, but we don't want to bring that up, man. I may have had something to do with that. I can't remember, (laughs) but now, Hey John, don't worry because I'll finish it on my Xbox series X as I'm waiting for, you know, cyberpunk that stabs because remember Chris was going to give me a series X if he got his new, uh, nvidia card, but yeah, I think we're at the breaking point on that. We're at the breaking point where I'm hanging those dreams up. And I would like John to tell us about a Joy-Con price cut. Well, ladies and gentlemen, here it is. Joy-Con is getting a price cut. (laughs) Nintendo has announced that it will permanently cut the price of its single Joy-Con controller to $39.99, cutting the price by $10, which used to be $49.99. This price will go into effect on November 9th. A lot of nines in there. Uh... This new price will now align with the cost of the two-pack. Shakur? Which is, I was thinking that (laughs) while typing this, and I was thinking you would be the one. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, I was going to be like, I'm going to type a joke. No, Sean's got this. He's got it. It's fine. So um, following the price cut, buying two single Joy-Cons will now align or be the same price as buying the two-pack. So that's good news. Yeah. That is good news. There's now, no news. finally, Chris can go and buy all the Joy-Cons he wants because I know he's been itching for that $10 price drop. Not really. $10 will love you a long time. My Total. Switch, my Switch <laughs> does not move from its dock. <laughs> yeah, he hates his Switch because uh, we haven't played Mario Kart. But side note, John, um, there was something I saw about Octopath Traveler and a complete edition or something. Did you see that? This is This is me just simply asking you because I don't know. I, I saw it and I thought of you and I went, he has to either know about this or was there it's coming. DLC a bunch of stuff. Was it DLC? 
Well, I mean, like, I'm trying to think if there was ever DLC for the game. I don't remember it. I don't remember. I just saw they put it out, and I was like, ooh, oh, this well, looks nice. I, I do know. I do think they released a mobile, a new mobile game in Japan. Uh-uh. This isn't it. This is for <clears> the Switch. <throat> I'll find it again. Um, while you look at that, I'm no, I'm going to delay no longer. Delay no longer and tell you guys about the Apex Legends delay on Switch. Um, Apex Legends has been delayed on Nintendo Switch to the year of 2021 as the team needs more time to, quote, do justice to the game and make it into the great experience Switch players deserve. They're not wrong. Uh, Due to issues surrounding COVID-19, the team decided not to push the game out this year. On Switch, the game will support cross-platform play, the latest seasonal content, and full feature uh, parody with the other version of the game. Very nice, huh? Very nice. So let's close out the show now. As far as the news goes, of course, uh, with the final news piece of the day. This is where Chris realizes that I said final, and he'll say this. this And then John's going to talk about Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Super Mario 3D All-Stars goes inverted. Many fans of Super Mario 3D All-Stars have complained, and this this is very true. Uh, have complained that the game game lacks inverted controls. This will no longer be the case after an update in November. According to the tweet, update version 1.1.0 will be added in November 17 and includes options to invert the camera controls uh, in third and first person mode separately. Fans have requested uh, requested inverted camera controls ever since the game launched. The game, if you recall, is available as part of a limited physical and digital release that will end in March, uh, I forget the date specifically, but it will end in March. So you only got a few more months to do to get yourself uh, a copy. But yeah, as I recall, the original 64 was um, inverted as its natural state. Um, I don't remember. But yeah, <laughs> the inverted controls is a stickler point for many games. The only inverted, the only game I've ever played that was default inverted uh chris if you recall the original playstation 2 version of uh shadow of the colossus yes was in a natural state of inverted mode microsoft it was, it was very uh, difficult to get used to microsoft flight simulator is naturally inverted Be- because you that, inverted. that's that's how planes fly <laughs> they fly like that uh and with that as i watch john scratch his back with his own arm it's quite fantastic uh, your your arm is not here. What does that mean? You, oh you said I'm scratching my back with my own arm as if that's some sort of weird Oh, yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Bird, Bird, I just go over here and scratch my back. I misspoke. Let's, will. let's go to emails and such, Chris. Okay. From the future, from the ladies and gentlemen, there you go. Uh, you're just gonna eventually. If you're a fan of the show, you know this is the portion where we read emails. We'll eventually go over Twitter, and I'll remind you that we have a Discord. Uh, If you want to be a part of this conversation and be uh, one of those who maybe sends an email, uh, you can do that at weeklygameschat at gmail.com. Uh, we've got, I've got a couple I'm going to read from a, a recurring email sender. Uh, and I think Chris is going to read one. So I'm going to say, if you want to be just like Ethan. Hey, I did it. Oops. 
says Ethan. <laughs> uh, hello again. So funny hey. story. Hey. I've been trying to find you guys on Discourse. I think he means Discord. For sure. Uh, for the past few weeks, not knowing I needed an invite. But no worries. I'm sure by the time you read this, I will be among the crowd of true gamers. By the way, I forgot to mention in my last email, another game I am surprised is not blowing up. And that is Splitgate Arena, which is free to play on PC and seems to have all the components to scratch the competitive itch. If none of you have ever seen it, I recommend looking into it immediately. Anyway, this message has no true direction, so I'll just leave it at that. Game on. Game, game on, on sir. I have no idea what that game is, Ethan, so maybe I will <laughs> check it out. So, uh... Other emails we received to, uh, and boys, I forgot to tell you, you may want to go ahead and pull up weekly games chat in the email sections, and we have a couple of emails from there. So if you want, John, I'll let you read one, and I'll kind of guide the other one for you. But we got a couple from our our emailer that you guys know as Lucy. So here we go. First one's titled, two emails this week. She lied. There's three. One, is that you, Creatures? I found this from a year ago. I thought you were streaming live. It was. Um, and it's not, our faces apparently weren't handsome, boys. It's from the um, uh, 200th episode stream. It, it was from the 200th episode. Um, she said, we look like geeks and not stylish. <laughs> we got faces for podcasts, we've already told you. Yeah, we tried to warn um, you. Uh, she says, I thought you would have been like, you know, B.A. Bradley Cooper. Um, I don't need you dressing like uh, David Beckham. Um, <laughs> but I can't even see your faces. Uh, and why do you have to wear T-shirts? Because I have man boobies. <laughs> We're lazy. Um, she wants to send us some shirts, so maybe I'll reply and tell her our shirt sizes, because she does ask for that. Mm. Um, she's on a, a board, I'm assuming like a gossip board with male fashion. So she's now saying we can't dress, which is hilarious. Uh, she sent a second email. Um, oh, my God, you hate me. Nope. Can we have a Star Wars weekend? Sure. But don't hate me if I fall asleep. Uh, oh my God! You don't don't you sound like Paris Hilton saying "fantabulous"? Does Paris Hilton say "fantabulous"? Probably. Um, Lucy thinks she's cool. She doesn't give an f about anything. Um, I don't know. Do I like uh, Clay Matthews? I don't know if I like Clay Matthews. He's a good football player. Um, she says, "Remember, don't get angry at me. I've got no one else to talk to." Uh, and uh, you read my you don't have to read this email live just send me some love so I'm sending you love because this is a long email and then I'll read your third email which is a lot shorter it says super awesome third email um, is there a game you're really dying to play but would you would but would really like to get your hands on it yes for me I'll stop there and say I'm going to surprise the boys and say that I'm excited to play a combination of two games coming up, and that is Assassin's Creed Valhalla. <laughs> and I'm also excited to play the now-delayed Cyberpunk, boys. Uh, I think the obvious for me, of course, is Cyberpunk, but uh, I just saw the gameplay video for uh, the next-gen version of NBA 2K. So, that's obviously, cool. obviously, anyone knows me. Like, this one that's out right now kind of feels like the fake version. <laughs> Because they had some B team do it, and I'm really looking forward to see what the A team was working on. Did you ever see the movie The Replacements? Keanu Reeves was a B teamer. That was about my Washington football team. John, any games you're looking forward to? 
Definitely Valhalla. Valhalla. And uh, to be very boring, Phoenix Rising. I'm excited for that, too. That's not boring. Uh, Lucy says, me, uh, Second Life in VR and 3D. Second Life. She says, wow. yeah, it's like Minecraft, but Second Life. <laughs> she says, okay, I'll leave you. Sorry for the long emails. No worries. Thank you for emailing in. Uh, and I told you guys that we had some emails over at Weekly Games Chat under the email section. I got the first one here because it's from way back. And I can Which one it. are you going to read? Salt for X. Uh, no. Yeah. That's not the one. Well, he posted this. <laughs> Question for this week's episode. What can we as gamers do about EA's terrible handling of sports franchises? IGN recently called EA out for copying last year's FIFA Switch game. And Madden has been trashed for multiple years. My opinion is that it went downhill after Madden 12. The problem is that a ton of people keep buying these games each year despite worse gameplay. Removal of key figures or features and updates mostly limited to roster updates. Football fans complain about the game, but buy it anyway. There is no incentive for EA to change. And I would say, yeah, you're right. It's The thing is, is that as much as people complained about Madden this year and it got trashed in reviews and everything and the hardcore gamers, they all hated it and bashed it and EA's terrible and we're going to go Metacritic and give it a one point whatever on there and all that stuff. It was still the top selling game for August despite only being out a couple of days and the truth of the matter is they put the updates to the one place that makes them the most money, which is Mutt. That's where they put it. That's why everyone chewed them out on the franchise stuff and they're kind of having to go through with, uh, you know, tails between their legs trying to appease those people now so that they can get them to shut up, I guess. Um, but, you know, the truth of the matter is as long as the NFL gets its money, they don't care what kind of EA game is put out because the NFL is not focused on that. They're focused on the bottom line. And that's understandable because, you know, they're one of the richest freaking entities in the world as far as sports is concerned. So I, I don't blame them, but yeah, you know, the, the truth is unless everyone stops buying this game tomorrow, uh, it's probably going to continue to be an EA exclusive and we just have to deal with what it is. Exclusive <laughs> worldwide. Chris, I, I don't, I don't put mine in mutt. I just want to point that out. Mm-hmm. You said they put theirs in mutt. I do not put mine in mutt. <laughs> Nacho uh, ended up saying uh, there was a this conversation kind of continued, but this was going to be his email. But yeah, I think either 2K12 or 13 was the last great 2K game with every game after being a lazy copy and paste, removing stuff along the way as a result of not changing the engine because it takes more time to run less. And since the engine isn't efficient, anyway, it hurts the quality of the games in total. And to be fair, these are sports franchises meant to release with the end of seasons, which is why they copy and paste gameplay. If it were cheaper, it would be more tolerable. The games that really hurt are Call of Duty, which is a yearly release for no reason whatsoever, hurting their quality and frustrating old fans. Activision has no excuse for this, while EA has at least the season's fallback excuse. My view is if uh, you're just going to change rosters and minimal modes slash mode rules and either sell sell it as a DLC for a total game which would be better because it would be a more polished game and it would look good um, as a, I don't know what that means, but it would look good. The reason GTA and Skyrim are so highly sold is because they aren't yearly releases. They're only one game re-released on different platforms, which is its own 
can of worms, but they keep their player counts up, specifically in the case of GTA V. Yes. They continually update and support the game. If EA were to do this with their sports franchises, I think it would only benefit them in the long run as they have a consistent player base, a good game, constant updates, and DLC. It would cost as much to maintain, not like releasing yearly titles do. Releasing yearlies hurts their name, the brand, and their product. I hope they see that soon and change their business models. He then mentions me and says, here was his email, which I just read. Uh, I'll let Chris read his response and further dip into this email if he wants to. Um, I won't, I'll let you go to Discord to read my response. But as far as what he's saying there, uh, first off, you know, it is a good sign Call of Duty is kind of getting on the same train that we've already seen all the other kind of shooters get on, which is free multiplayer. Halo is free multiplayer. Gears is free multiplayer now. Um, Rainbow Six Siege, of course, is going on to uh, Games Pass, which is pretty much saying it's free. Um, you know, and I think eventually they'll probably be free to play everywhere else. And, you know, I think that's the right way to do this. Like, make me buy the story if I want for, for Call of Duty, right? And maybe they can start to space those out a little bit more. And just instead say, hey, the focus is on Warzone and multiplayer, and we'll do like an update every year to multiplayer, right? Some big update to put in new features. Um, but as far as the sports side, I would love to see them adapt that kind of model. But maybe like say, like, hey, Mutt is free to play because it's geared at getting you to spend money in the game. And then if you want to, you know, buy... Uh, if you want to buy, you know, just like the the season game, then maybe we could sell that at a reduced rate, and that might help people not be as upset. And like, we could just have a mutt team. That's all they focus on, and then a core Madden team that is designed to improving the game experience every year. That that might be the best way to do this. True that. Uh, do you, John? Do you have Discord pulled up? Or Chris, does anybody have Discord pulled up that wants to read yeah. Punkhead's email? John, do you want to? You want me to do it? I'm not familiar with. <laughs> sorry, okay. man, I'm not familiar with email and Discord. Okay, it's just a it's a it's a sub sub channel, and they're starting to post emails yeah. in there, which is fine. We're going to train okay. you on it. No worries. Uh, I got cool, it. Cool. Uh, hey, DJ Haygood. In one hey. of the recent podcasts, you had mentioned, as I interpreted, that uh, maybe you should not have gotten the RX 5600 XT. I'm curious as to why. I was a day one purchaser, and I really don't like it. I've had too many issues with it, and still do. PC won't start, so I have to start it up again. I can't do dual monitors within the card, so I have to have my secondary in the integrated uh, motherboard video slot, uh, which experiences rare crashes. When it works, it's glorious. When it doesn't, it can suck a flaccid Richard. <laughs> a mini came back and uh, said something funny. You can check that out, of course, in the Discord. But mm -hmm. to specifically answer this question, uh, I only meant that I kind of wish I would have got the 5700 XT. I think that was the highest I could have gotten. That, that would have been yes. AMD's flagship, only because I would have been closer to the flagship when I... I, yeah, I would have had the best. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as your crash issues, I did read about those. Uh, but I also found a, and I, if you haven't seen this, maybe I can uh, direct message you. There was a Flash BIOS. This is really the reason I went with 5600 XT uh, versus like the 5700 or 5700 XT. It was because they flashed the BIOS 
of the 5600, and it ran just like a 5700. Now, there were some questions on that because, you know, the card itself wasn't made with the cooling system, all of the things that made the 5700 the 5700. This was now just going to be a push to the limit 5600. I got to say, once I flashed the BIOS, I've experienced, knock on wood, uh, gloriousness with this. I've had no issues. I've had none of the ones you've had. I rock dual monitors daily. Um, and you you mentioned when it works is glorious. Yeah, it, it's great. I, I run games on my 2K monitor. Um, I don't have to worry about sucking flaccid Richards. Um, I hate that your experience is like that. But again, if you did not know about flashing the BIOS, which the website for AMD and that card has them, it's a very simple process. Uh, maybe do that and we'll see what happens, you know. Um, or you can just be excited about upgrading to the new AMD cards like John and I might be. And again, that kind of ties back into why I said I wish I wouldn't have got the 5600. But this is what it is. Uh, moving over to Twitter now. Um, at... Lur Clowns uh, mentioned us and said, how does a get a Discord invite? To which I wanted to go to this one first. We just talked on Discord, right? And got emails from Discord. Well, if you want an invite, you need to tell us you want one just like he did. And I posted our link. He eventually joined Discord and immediately started contributing, uh, asking the question, should I stream Cyberpunk 2077? Uh, no censorship for the homies. He's already got people liking it. Uh, he came right in and, and blended with the community that was welcoming, just like we promised. Um, D. White Dynamite uh, said, you know, I love you guys, especially Chris's voice, almost as much as <laughs> Lucy. No ho bro phobia. Ho bro. Uh, but I got to say it's pronounced NVIDIA, not NVIDIA. He then says sauce, which is like, you know, saying source, but cool, to a YouTube video where they tell you how to pronounce NVIDIA. No one can control me. I replied and said, F that if they release more cards so my boy at, you know, Chris can buy one, maybe we'll say NVIDIA. Right now it's almost F word NVIDIA. LMAO. That's how we roll. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to our boy Justice Platt who on uh, the day of or the day after the podcast uh, reminded the world to check out this podcast because we were yeah. fantastic. Thank you so much. Good, sir. Yeah. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter and be a part of the mentions and all the ads and hey, all that we had stuff. A, we had a message uh, too, Sean. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting in there. We, oh. uh, we are at Twitter at Weekly Games Chat. At Weekly Games Chat. And Chris just mentioned we had a message. And that was a direct message, which you can also do to us on Twitter. It was from our boy, Mr. Madsen. Madsen? Madsen. What up, guys? So when did you take the G off of the host tag for Chris? Please don't let him quit again. Also, are you guys still sponsored? Hopefully you're getting paid in all caps for this fine podcast. Seriously, there isn't a better video game podcast out there. Hope you're all doing well. I gave that a thumbs up. We are doing well. Chris is hanging around, so the G might be becoming loose. Um, we might need to check the bolts on that G to see if it needs to be retightened. We don't know. Thoughts and prayers. Uh, no comment. Thank you for the kind words. Um, and, yeah, I replied, uh, Chris, I'm going to let you know because you could go see this anyway. Well, he left us, so the G stays. 
laughing my tail off. Uh, go into our home, and I'm going to see if we have any new followers. We do. If you want to be a part of this, once again, that's at Weekly Games Chat on Twitter, and you could be followed back just like at CDH Myers. Um, he says, remember, you're unique, just like everyone else. I love that. Follow, following back. And then uh, at LLER Clowns, who uh, is our newest member to Discord, also gave us a follower. A follower. Following you back, sir. Let's game, he says. And with that, I think we have concluded our emails, Twitter slash social media, and Discord conversation of the podcast. Chris, can you, uh, anybody want to add anything before I say all this stuff? Nope. No. Okay. Uh, Chris, <laughs> Chris, can you remind the people what episode number this is? This is like 279. Uh, yes, this is episode 279. 279. And if you like the show, please make sure you download us, give us a rating, uh, follow us on all of our socials, all that good stuff. Chris is raising his hat like a trucker, and I love it. Uh, again, we appreciate you listening. I'm going to go ahead and end the show now. I am going to say first and foremost, welcome back and game on to Johnny Bear. Thank you. Game on, Sean. And game, game on, on, Chris. Game on, Chris. Game and on. as our voices get ready for our final words. <clears throat> uh, game on, Sean. Game on, John. Game on, Chris. I said it twice. Twice. <laughs> Peace out, everybody. Your mom's box. <laughs> Say thug life, John. He did. Oh, I'm sorry. Hot <laughs> mess express. Say it one more time because Sean talked over you. Dogs are dirty. <laughs> Sean, shut up and John, say Thug Life. They they want to hear this. They've been waiting three say weeks. Say it, John. All right, quiet. Thug Life. Yeah. yeah.